Hey everyone, and welcome back to an exciting episode of But Why the the Podcast. Before we get started, we wanted to make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us right now. It's the easiest way to support us and helps other people find us. Or if you want to help us a little bit more and send some sensu beans our way, head on over to patreon.com slash butwhythopc. And as always, enjoy the show. Welcome back to But Why the Podcast, and today we are revisiting another amazing franchise, that is Dragon Ball. As always, I'm your host, Kate. I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And today we're getting some help from Paige and Grant from the Gilmore Ball Z Podcast. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Um, and for our listeners who haven't heard of you guys before, because that's a very interesting name, why don't you tell them what your podcast is about? So Gilmore Ball Z is a podcast that came about because I really like Dragon Ball Z, and she really loves Gilmore Girls, the early 2000s teen drama. Yeah, we called it a teen soap opera, and that did not go over well. Yeah, one of our fans <laughs> got very offended once when we called it a soap opera. But anyway, uh, we both really like those shows. And that's like kind of the one things of each other's that we didn't really get. We generally like a lot of the same things. And I realized that's a podcast. So on Gilmore Ball Z, every episode, uh, she shows me an episode of Gilmore Girls. And I show her an episode uh, of Dragon Ball Z Kai. We do Kai because the episode totals line up a little bit more. And it makes better podcasting than this week Goku and Frieza punched each other for another 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it still was sometimes Goku and Frieza punch each other for 20 minutes. Yeah, even uh, in Kai, that fight's like 10 episodes long. But <laughs> we found that the overlap is there's a lot of screaming, bad parenting, and timing. Like, time as an entity never, never any made sense. any sense. Yeah. Um, so there was more overlap than we expected. And so um, what we found is there is weirdly large niche audience of guys tagging their girlfriends in our podcast post feeds. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, just we, you know, we'll we'll buy like a Facebook ad or whatever to put it out to boost the show, and just the entire comment section will just be it's it's always a man tagging a woman, and <laughs> you know, so it's just like especially when they have the, the same last name, then we'll play the game of like spouse or sibling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing, and I really like uh, hearing that crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've seen every episode of Gilmore Girls, and I had never <laughs> thought about that. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. There's even like people having babies with people they shouldn't be having babies with. <laughs> yes, definitely that. Yeah, the, it was funny because when I first was like, hey, you know, I think this would be a good idea for a podcast. We were like, yeah, that'll be wacky. And then we started doing it. And a couple episodes in, we're like, oh, wait, this actually like, there's, actually some, there's, there's some stuff here. <laughs> That is amazing. Well, I, oh, go ahead. It's good because we're going to keep doing the podcast anyway, and it would have gotten really long if there wasn't. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> we're in the middle of our third season now, so uh, we're we're just getting into the Android saga. Actually, we just recorded the episode where Cell first appears. Yeah, 
Um, Welcome to the best moments of your life, Paige. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Same, same. Honestly, I feel like this stretch is the best parts of the show. So I'm really excited. And then in Gilmore Girls, I guess we're like, I don't know, Rory just got together with Jess. Yeah. Or I guess she's been together with Jess for a bit now. That's where we are in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that one's over my head. (laughs) (laughs) A girl's kissing a boy. Yeah, a girl's kissing a boy who's kind of a bad boy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. So, um, like our last Dragon Ball episode, I'm going to hand it over to Adrian, who is kind of like the Dragon Ball Z franchise lexicon. So, take it away, Mr. Saiyan Man. Yeah. Do you call me Saiyan Man because Gohan's my favorite? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so I'll be leading today just um, like I did in the previous episode. If I sound like a little out of breath, it's because I just got out of the hyperbolic time chamber, a.k.a my home gym and my heart rate is still super high. Uh, so, you know, I'm doing deep breathing and stuff, but we wanted to revisit this episode because of all, of, really, to be honest, because of all the super Broly hype, mainly, uh, because it's really kind of brought back in a lot of Dragon Ball fans and Dragon Ball Z fans and Dragon Ball Super fans and, and such. And this is basically a revisit of episode 15 from 2017, I think it was in April. Uh, so it's been over a year and a half since we've covered it, and a lot of stuff has happened since then. So I thought we would kind of jump into that. Also, April 2017. That was a long time ago, guys. That was a long, really time, long ago. time ago. Especially because was... 2018 was like three years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, so this this feels like um, a, a good moment to do it. So for our intro question, um, I kind of know... Kate's answer, and I'm, I definitely know Matt's answer to this question, but what across like, all the series and movies, like, what is your favorite Dragon Ball moment? Mm. We'll start with uh, Paige and Grant, especially because that'd be interesting to hear because Paige hasn't finished everything and Grant. Yeah. Again, so. No, and I have two warring answers in my head. Is One, I really actually weirdly liked the three-year time gap between uh between the Namek saga and the Cell Android saga. Because you got some, like, one of my big complaints on the show and why I'm a terrible watcher of Dragon Ball Z is, like, can I get more character moments and world building? And then the show's like, no, you get more punching. Um, <laughs> which, fair. Uh, but in that moment, you get a little bit of, like, what Namek is like, what its, you know, what its people are like. You get a tiny bit of whatever weird planet Goku's been on. You get Bulma getting super thirsty. Um, and all of that was different angles on the show than you got before, but I think really, actually, my favorite moment might be... Yeah, uh, so you, you just listed, like, five moments. You gotta pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with some... I mean, just, I liked that phase of the show. Uh, but I think my favorite moment might be when Goku, uh, joins the Frieza fight. Be- I th- is it the Frieza fight? No, no, it's, you know, you're no. talking about Zen Goku, right? No, I'm talking about Zen when he joins the Ginyu Force No, fight. it's when he joins the Ginyu Force fight. That's fine. That, yeah. Uh, when he joins the Ginyu Force fight, he comes in to Namek. No. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. It's been a while, guys. Um, He comes into Namek, and what we've had from Goku so far is just Goku throughout the show. He's happy-go-lucky. He really likes fighting. You know, even if he's punching Vegeta in the face, it's like, hey, Vegeta, let's go practice. And it's like, no, we're fighting for the fate of the Earth. Okay, but can I punch you in the face? (laughs) And suddenly that's not what we have. We have Goku who, like, is currently directed by Kurosawa. Like we get, like he he is here for battle. He is here for honor, and he is here to fight for those he loves. And that was so cool. And he was I, like a force of nature. He was a force of nature, and and it's like, oh, 
okay, now we're back to, you know, goofy Goku and we're, we're all back here. But for that moment, that was beautiful and pure. <laughs> I think for me, there are a lot of things that definitely go up there. Um, I really liked, a more modern one is I really liked the, like, uh, the kind of like Jet Set Radio Future Kamehameha against Kefla in Dragon Ball Super. Um, but I think for me, my favorite Dragon Ball moment is always going to be the first appearance of Future Trunks. Mm. I think just just Trunks strolling in, being a completely untouchable badass, slicing Frieza into little pieces, and then blowing the pieces up. It was like, oh, okay, he's cool because he's using a sword, and he just took Frieza apart, and then takes King Cole apart, and it's this awesome moment, and then the dust clears... And then you find out he's just a complete Goku dweeb. Like, he's a Goku fanboy and a total dork, and he's just here for that. And it, it encapsulates the character really, really well, and it's, it's, just, it's just so great. Um, so I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be that. Yeah, those are great moments, and Paige's moments are all great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love that, that whole gap. Um, but fun fact, when I introduced Dragon Ball Z to my wife, uh, we watched like the Saiyan saga. Then she basically like watched almost the entire Namek saga and like most of the Frieza saga without me. And to this day, it's like the biggest betrayal in our relationship. You know, like, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't be there in your moment of when Goku shows up and fights again, you force. Uh -huh. So I like, I like it. I like it. Uh, Kate? Um, so I want to start off with a fun fact because Paige brought up Kurosawa and I want to game a chameleon using oh, God, I knew, Kurosawa. I knew you, I knew um, because if you don't know, chameleon's a game where you lie and you have to make everybody else think that you actually know what they're talking about. And I just throw out obscure director names all of the time because if I know I'm going to do it, if I don't know, they're not going to know. So thank you for dropping Kurosawa. Yeah, uh, <laughs> me and Matt are just forever just going to Google whatever Kate says and then see if it checks out. Um. But yeah, so I think, I don't remember what I said that episode. I don't know if you went back and listened to it, Adrian, but um, I would say my favorite moment is when Piccolo sacrifices himself uh, to Nappa in order to save Gohan. Because mm. um, like Piccolo is the best dad. He's, He's the best the anime best dad. dad. And I love him so much. Um, I actually think, so I'm thirsty for Vegeta, but I love Piccolo as a character. Um, so it's like, it's it's Piccolo, Vegeta, and Gohan. Um, but I, I think that's probably my, my favorite. It, it's a thing that I go back to all the time. Like it, it's a piece of Dragon Ball Z that's burned into my brain, um, especially on Father's Day. So yeah. um, where I get to slam <laughs> Goku for not being a good dad. <laughs> that was something funny. This this will mean nothing to people who haven't watched Gilmore Girls, but watching the show was realizing all the character parallels. And Piccolo is basically just Luke. He is the guy who's not your dad. He's grumpy. He won't tell you he loves you. But if, if you have a really bad day and no one's looking, he's going to give you the biggest hug. Oh, that's a really, that's a really good comparison. Oh my gosh, there's so much overlay. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Matt. Um, yes. So, I haven't watched Dragon Ball Z in like, what year is it now? About 20 years. So, I don't really have a favorite moment. I remember watching it when I was like in third grade. And that's about the extent. I'm on here to listen to you guys talk about everything, because I do not know much about Dragon Ball Z. 
or Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I'm just going to be here at this point for this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, fun fact was was this was the Matt wasn't on this episode when we did it last time. That so was probably for the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you get to be here, Matt, and we're just happy to have you. I mean, you can sit in the back. You can be our Krillin, Yangsha, you know, Tien. Oh, do not call him Yancha. No, <laughs> don't put that on me, Adrian. No. Because I have uh, no idea what any of this means. Yancha well, you should be insulted anyway. Terrible. There's nothing wrong with being Krillin terrible. or Tien. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being Krillin. Krillin dies all the time, but will sacrifice himself for those he loves. And, gives and he landed a hot android. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yamcha at least tries to contribute. Wouldn't this make him like... Poir? Yeah, 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 I guess. I mean, but I feel like yeah. he, he, he would have a Chiatsu moment and just like go, you know, maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. No, no, no. Matt I'm is thrilling because Matt knows that he's out leveled and he, he knows does what not to hide have in the, the back. power level to fight to fight this fight, but he's going to because he loves us. <laughs> He'll be there for moral support. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we just um, we just watched uh, the episode where where Vegeta fights eighteen, and then when it's clear Vegeta's losing, it just turns into a huge battle royale. Where everybody jumps in, <laughs> seventeen jumps in. It's just like Trunks, Tien, Piccolo, and Vegeta all just get mopped by the androids, and Krillin's just standing off to the side, like I'm here for moral support. <laughs> I'm not gonna jump in there. Someone's gotta hand out the Senzu beans. Adrian, do you want to tell Matt who Krillin is in, the, in like a one sentence? Uh, the strongest human on the planet. <laughs> Technically <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Dwarfed yeah. by most characters, but still there after all of these years. <laughs> awesome. And then does get with a hot android. He, he does. He does. He, do he does. He does land the hot android. Yeah. Spoilers. Yep. I, I I've picked up some things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm like, kinda... I apologize, Paige, but oh, the show fine. has been out for forever. <laughs> and Kate knows how I roll, so I'm going to be spoiler light as much as I can, even in my favorite moment. Um, favorite moments? All right, everyone's given moments, so I'm going to give moments to you. I have lots of favorite I mean, I've watched this show like since I was a kid. Like I rewatch it at least like you know once a year or once every couple of years. But I still think like to this day my favorite moment. Wait, even on, if... can you cut out? Can you can you repeat that? The last thing I heard was kid. That was you. Sorry. I know. But my uh, end records the audio. <laughs> um, I've been watching this since I was a kid, so I have like lots of favorite moments, but I still think to this day, regardless of like the circumstances of like how it comes about, in the um Cell Saga is still the you know father-son Kamehameha wave. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. it's such a powerful, powerful scene, and I love it because it involves one arm and father-son stuff, even though he's a bad dad. Um and then I think it's even done even better in uh, Broly, the second coming, the movie, where it's um, like the family Kamehameha wave, where it's, you know, Goku and the, the two kiddos. Um, it's just really good. Just really good family moments that you don't really get a whole lot of, uh, of them. It's usually kind of like one-on-one -on -one fighting or like someone's dead, so you have to like fight again. But it's like rare moments of like family moments in Dragon Ball, and I really love it a lot. And I can name, you know, a whole bunch, but those are the, that's the first one that always comes to mind. Um, and just anything involving Piccolo and Gohan, because they're my two favorites. Mm -hmm. So heartwarming. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. Um, so 
we'll kind of get into it. So if you haven't listened to episode 15, where we kind of do a deep dive into the kind of like timeline of the Dragon Ball franchise, I pause and go listen to that real quick so you don't kind of get left out on information. We'll wait for you. I'm okay, welcome back. How was the episode? I hope it was good. <laughs> so for our brief refresher history, um, I'm just going to go like real quick through kind of like the manga, the anime, and then some of the film stuff and a little bit of the games. But I really want to get into some of the, why those that we really didn't get to cover in our previous episode. So Dragon Ball, as many kind of anime are, are based on a manga. Manga, I'm going to mispronounce it and switch it as I do. Adam. Adam, we can add me all you want and you can catch me in the hyperbolic time chamber. I'm still going to say it reversed. Um, The manga was created by Akiri Toriyama in 1984. um, And it precedes the TV show and still continues to do so to this day. The first Dragon Ball manga had 48 volumes total. And they basically kind of split like the last like 26, 25 um, volumes into two series. So Dragon Ball and then Dragon Ball Z. Um, Dragon Ball GT doesn't have like a formal manga, but it has like a short run in Jump in 2013. And much like the anime, it doesn't do very well. So we kind of really don't. Talk Wait, about in 2013, it they were like, hey, let's bring back Dragon Ball GT. Yeah. It's Who like, thought that was I, a good idea? Who thought <laughs> Dragon Ball GT was a good idea? Well, I know, but that's, that's why. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like it has. You know it's a bad idea now. Yeah, it, it has some like other stuff, but like in, in terms of it being in like Jump. We don't really get it until 2013, but Dragon Ball Super does have its own manga that started in 2015 and is currently running and is in its eighth volume currently, which is um, still outpacing actual Dragon Ball Super. So we can expect hopefully some more stuff in the future. For the anime itself, the chrono- the, each series kind of goes in somewhat chronological order. Um, as Paige and Grant mentioned earlier, timelines are kind of weird in this franchise, but Going by this way, you kind of get from the very beginning to kind of where we're at now. So you have Dragon Ball, which runs in Japan from 1984 to 1989. And then we get it dubbed here in the U.S. in 1995 with a total of 153 episodes. And that's kind of Gohan, uh, Goku, and Krillin kind of as kids. Um, Then we go to Dragon Ball Z, which runs in Japan from 1989 to 1996. And then we get it um, here right when it finishes up in Japan in 1996 with a total of 291 episodes. Um, Like Paige and Grant mentioned on their show, they watched Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is basically a remastered slash abridged version of Dragon Ball Z and cuts out some of the filler episodes and gets it down to about 159 episodes. So a lot easier for people to watch if they don't want to see um, go. Did Goku and Piccolo drive the car in, in Kai? They, did they don't drive. drive the car in Kai. Oh, <laughs> you need to watch that episode just to watch that episode. Oh, we, oh, we did. did. We did. Okay, yeah, great. We great. did. Um, so we, basically what we do, we don't have a Patreon or anything like that, but we raise money for a literacy charity, and we call it uh, Go. Or it's the Gohan and Rory Book Club Fund because they book club. They love learning. Uh, awesome. but, that is adorable, and I love it. <laughs> uh, but one of the prizes was an episode where we watched a couple of uh, – filler episodes and it was Gohan's tutor and uh Goku and Piccolo learned to drive. Yeah, so so we I made sure I made sure she saw that. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. Kai specifically goes to as accurate to the manga as is yeah. as completely possible, which means that it cuts out a lot of the pointless screaming, but it also means it cuts out some of the funny filler episodes, so it's kind of a it's a trade-off. Yeah, but as long as you get to see that that's to this day my favorite filler episode of like any anime ever. Oh yeah. 
Because so, who doesn't want to see people who know how to fly and <laughs> teleport drive a car? So how many episodes are there Gilmore Girls in? Uh, I forget see. exactly, but around that same like 160-ish mark. It's a little less. It's like 140-something. It ran for seven seasons, so probably like 140-something. 153. 153. Oh. There we go. Oh, that's yeah, good. that matches up yeah. really nice. Yeah, 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 no, that's why I was like, oh, this is too perfect. We have to make this podcast. <laughs> also, <laughs> audience, I feel like this is becoming a backdoor pilot for our Gilmore Girls Matters episode. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking so. <laughs> I'm thinking so. I'm sure Paige would love to do that. Um, so from Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z Kai, we have Dragon Ball Super, which started in Japan in 2015, and we got it dubbed in 2017, at the start of 2017, so when we covered this last time, we really didn't have much, well, I didn't really have much to talk about when it came to Dragon Ball Super, because I'd only watched, you know, a few episodes, uh, because I can't watch Dragon Ball, uh, subbed, I just, it just doesn't, just doesn't work for me. Masako Nozawa's voice is just too much for you. Yeah, I just I just can't take uh, Frieza's sound in the way he sounds. I, I like I like my androgynous Frieza. I, I need that in my life, and I need uh, Piccolo sounding like a gangster. Now, see, for most people, it's Goku's voice that that puts. Yeah, them it's off. Goku's voice for sure. Like ten out of ten, because Sean Schmill is one of my favorite people. On so the after we started watching, or after Adrian and I went to go see Broly together, I came home and I was like, because I'm only five episodes into Dragon Ball Super, yeah. and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to rewatch it from the beginning, because it's been a while. And I put it on. I was like, holy crap, Crunchyroll. Where the hell are my dubs? Because this is awful, and I'm not going to watch this. And I turned it off. Yeah, you, need, you can watch most of it on Funimation. I can I can just hear I can just hear the angry mob coming for both of you right now. Oh, they're, I mean, they're I, there in the distance. I, I, I've said it before that I can do either, but whatever I watch first is what I go with. Uh, mm -hmm. Like Food Wars, I can't watch Food Wars dubbed. I think the Food War dub is trash and awful. I need that subbed in my life. But things like that, I used to watch a tsunami, like Dragon Ball and Yu Yu Hakusho. I just got to watch them dubbed because those are the voices I grew up with. But um, yeah. So no. I'm not like a dub, you know, dub is better than subs. I don't have to read. I just, just what I'm used to. See, someday I want my fusion option. Uh, specifically, <laughs> I want it for like old Miyazaki movies where I can watch Kiki's Delivery Service and still keep most of the voices in Japanese, but have Phil Hartman as Gigi. That'd be That's beautiful. the only thing I want. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, there've been so many different dubs of, of Dragon Ball Z that you could really make some Frankenstein options with that. Like, okay, yeah. I want oh, Kirby Morrow as Goku. I want Kirby Morrow as Goku, but I want Chris Sabat as Piccolo, but I, I want the DBZ abridged guy as 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 oh, Vegeta no. and Krillin. <laughs> so I feel like somebody has to have made some Frankenstein things with this. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sure. sure. I'm they sure you can find it on YouTube have. of varying quality. <laughs> yeah, and then it even goes like further than that because we talked about in our last episode that Dragon Ball the, as a franchise, or anime in general, is huge in Latin America. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends grew up watching Dragon Ball Z in Spanish. So for them, like, mm -hmm. that is the original, yeah. you know, uh, sub for, or the original dub for a lot of them. So it's just really kind of however you get into it. But however you get into it, we've had a lot of franchises. Fun fact about really, that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, actually, I, I've got something for that. Yeah. Um, so it was really funny. Uh, I first got into Dragon Ball Z because before it ever aired on Toonami, it aired on UPN on random mornings and didn't really get any whatever there was no fanfare to it and that was my brothers and i first really got into it and then they stopped airing it there but again before they started airing it on cartoon network also we didn't have cable it aired in spanish on telemundo 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and like I come from a Cuban family that we, we all have a little bit of Spanish, but my brother, my oldest brother in particular was studying Spanish. He had really good Spanish compared to the other two of us. And so we would watch it on Telemundo and he'd do his best to translate it with like his <laughs> high school level Spanish. Thankfully, the dialogue in DBZ isn't all that. So my earliest memories of specifically the Goku Frieza fight are them screaming at each other in Spanish. Oh, I love it. That is amazing. And the way first better time I ever saw Goku that. turn into a Super Saiyan was in Spanish. Oh my god. I need, need to get that clip for whenever like an argument between us three gets too too much. <laughs> Just play that. And then you know, from Super, we're at about hundred we're at 131 episodes now. Um, but because of DB Super Broly and uh, the manga continuing on, I'm sure we're probably gonna get another saga here pretty soon after all of the Super Broly hype kind of dies down a bit, which I'm super excited about. And then we got to kind of talk about the outlier in this, which is Dragon Ball GT, which ran from 96 to 97. And then we didn't get it until 2013 here in the US, and it had about 64 episodes. And I... Yeah. I like Gohan. (laughs) Now, I want to fact check, because I'm almost certain Dragon Ball GT ran on Toonami. I think, I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, twenty yeah, yeah. like I'm I'm almost certain we got it at some point before twenty thirteen in America. Two thousand three it ran. Oh, two thousand three. Uh, I put in a one instead of a zero. Okay, it was God, uh, that, makes, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I was gonna say twenty thirteen. I would have heard about that. <laughs> yeah, two thousand three. That makes that makes more sense. I must put in a one there. Uh yeah, so two thousand three. Uh all that to say I don't like it very much. It's, it's, not <laughs> good. it's not good. I've met. I will occasionally meet a person who will be like, "GT was really good," and people people give it too much too much hate. And I'm like, now I will admit, I've never actually sat down and watched Dragon Ball GT from beginning to end. Maybe there's some gems in there, but but yeah. I mean, the, the problem is that it just doesn't have anything from Toriyama in it, and it like shows so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really even get. I don't, in my opinion, I don't think it really gets good to like the end sagas when you kind of introduce like Super Saiyan Four and then you know Omega Shenron and things like that and stuff picks up more. But I don't want to watch Trunks and Pan travel the galaxy. It's not it's not fun for me. I don't want to see Kid Gohan or Kid Goku. It's just not as fun. Um, but you know, events in Dragon Ball Super and the kind of recent movies have kind of basically just written it out of written out of written it out of canon at this point. Anyway, retconning so, is every franchise's friend for yeah, their stepchildren. So it's basically not even relevant anymore, which is which is okay, which is which is okay. <laughs> it's okay. We can just so, all pretend it didn't happen if they do. They're, basically, know. right? We were already pretending it didn't happen, and then Super yeah. helped us. Yeah, Toriyama's like, "Hey, I'm gonna write my own series with my actual characters and not other stuff." Uh, so we'll move on to the films. So Dragon Ball franchise has lots of films it has 20 total four from dragon ball 15 from dbz um even though like the last two before super bowl you're kind of basically like after the series finishes but they're still labeled as dbz like they're dragon ball z battle of the gods dragon ball z resurrection f and then you have um dragon ball super as like the one super movie um but we'll cover this a little bit more because we didn't really talk about the movies too much in our last episode so we'll have our kind of own but why though for this and I'm not counting Dragon Ball Evolution on this list. Yeah. For obvious reasons. <laughs> so we're just going to skip that. <laughs> so moving on from there, Dragon Ball has also, the franchise has also had like a lot of games, uh, mainly because of handheld and then like a lot of fighting games. And we'll cover this a little bit at the end 
um, because Dragon Ball has kind of gotten back into kind of their roots of kind of doing RPG stuff. Um, and we'll talk about that kind of like a little at the end, uh, seeing how much time we have. And then musical, there isn't one. How the hell is there no Dragon Ball I musical? don't know. I looked really hard, man. I couldn't find one. Everything, Every other anime we've ever covered has a musical. They're making a My Hero Academia yeah. musical Ooh. right Sailor, now. Sailor Moon musical tours. Like... <laughs> We've, we've seen how good Vegeta can dance. I need that, like, on in real life. Yes. 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 Oh, and you got the whole cat food song. It's good. Yeah, you got the cat food song. You got, yeah, just Vegeta doing the bingo time dance for, for that's the whole second act. It's just Vegeta yeah. doing the bingo time dance. Just over and over again. Yeah, just make a full version of it with backup dancers and everything. <laughs> um, and that's kind of it for, like, uh, like what this franchise entails. Um, basically starting in the late 80s, kind of taking on to now, and we're still going a little over 30 years later. For our But Why Those, for episode 15, just a quick recap of what we talked about. Mainly, we talked about how uh, Dragon Ball Z being kind of like the godfather of, of shonen anime, and it's kind of importance of bringing it here to the West, and not just here in the US, but also Latin America, because when the movies come out, uh, people in Latin America show out for Dragon Ball Z, so kind of that being a kind of gateway anime for a lot of people. Um, you know, that and like Sailor Moon mm -hmm. being, you know, two like the biggest animes of that time. And then we talked a little bit about the character development from like beginning to end of kind of like the morality shifts, like how Frieza or how Vegeta is eating people at the beginning of his development. At the end, he's like kind of loving his family and getting mad when people slap Bulma um, and kind of things like that. Just kind of how people change from beginning to end. And really no one except for like Goku is the same at the start of this series. Um, and yeah. at the end, me and Piccolo's different. Gohan's different. Everyone's a little bit different except for basically Goku. And he but, just wants to fight everybody and eat everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's mainly what we talked about last time. Uh, but today I just really wanted to kind of talk about longevity, kind of like how Kate mentioned earlier and kind of just, talking about the things that contribute to this franchise still being relevant over 30 years later. And I think there's a couple of contributing factors to that, uh, kind of slightly different from what we talked about before in our previous episode. So the biggest one that I've been thinking about for like a long time is just, we just get anime dubs so much faster now. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of this comes from Dragon Ball's popularity in kind of like the late 90s and kind of early 2000s. And that translating to us getting anime here faster. And that means that we get super faster. That means that we got Dragon Ball Kai faster and things like that. So when we had Dragon Ball Z Kai in like the early 2010s, um, Japan got it uh, released in 2009. And then we got it in 2010, which is super fast compared to, you know, the seven years it took us to get Dragon Ball Z dubbed here. Um, and this does a couple of things like that quick turnaround gives it a couple of things. One it allows Dragon Ball to run without the filler episodes. So it gets people like Paige involved in kind of like this, this very long standing um, series without having to kind of go through 291 episodes. The updated animations keep it relevant because some of the episodes of old school, like like the 90s Dragon Ball Z are kind of busted. So Dragon Ball Kai kind of, or Z Kai kind of updates that. Most of the episodes of Kai are still pretty damn busted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so aren't they trying to redo Gilmore Girls? So are you guys going to do like another thing to pick up for that since we're talking about remastering everything? See, there's something, I think the most recent thing I've heard, and because I haven't heard of any new pickups or anything like that, but there is that year in the life, which isn't really a remaster. It's just picking up you know, many years later in the lives of the Gilmore Girls 
And similarly, it's a completely different show. And dissimilarly, <laughs> it's not beautiful and I don't like it. <laughs> but that's that's a whole thing. Yeah. We are going to watch that because it's it's four episodes on Netflix and each one's like feature length. So we're gonna match that up against four movies. So we'll probably do like Battle of Gods, oh, Resurrection God. F, Super Broly, and Paige hopefully is terrified. I know. Hopefully by the time we get there, there'll be another super movie. So we'll just do four movies. The thing that you're hearing is that Grant hasn't seen it. He's young, he's vivacious, he's has energy. I have been there. I don't know how I feel about going back. Oh god. Okay. You sound like me telling people to watch Bleach from the beginning again and knowing it's a terrible idea. <laughs> Yeah, you're not gonna get me to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I said in our last episode, just give just give it to me in like a Kai fashion, then maybe I'll go back and kind of catch. Dude, back I up. still haven't finished Bleach. I've watched the last arc because I refused to watch all the middle stuff because I lost my place. I lost my place watching the show, and I can't go back because <laughs> I'm just like rewatching stuff, or I don't know what happened, and I've given up. And I guess like the last thing that DBZ Kai does is. Basically, basically, like replaces the need for people to show GT because oh, you have Dragon Ball Z Kai with um, crisper, slightly crisper uh, animation, and gives you like that nostalgia feeling with like a hint of freshness. So, kind of replaces them the need for like tsunami and stuff like that, or even uh, for, for Nickelodeon and uh, those networks to show GT. Um, and then, kind of from here, we just start getting anime dubs quicker, um, and not only because I think of the success of Dragon Ball and its franchises, but as well as just voice actors, especially dub voice actors uh, for English, just becoming so much more popular now than they were in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, I think their popularity like allows, their popularity like allows for a demand for dubs to get here faster. So we can kind of hear the voices of these new anime series and movies with the voices from our childhoods. Like for me, um, hearing, you know, Chris Sabat as like All Might is dope. And I yeah. love it. Um, I can't go like I I can't finish the My Hero Academia until I get Chris Sabat back. Um, and it even transcends that. So like we the voice actor community is so small. So we we even have voice actors like crossing over to, to different anime franchises, like I mentioned, to video games and things like that. Um, and just as like an added bonus, like a lot of the prominent dub voice actors got their start or at least like kind of their big breaks into anime dubbing from Funimation and the Dragon Ball franchise. So some quick examples, like this is not, like uh, Grant mentioned before, like Dragon Balls have like a lot of different uh, English voice actors. Um, but here's just some, a few, some of the few that kind of have that crossover ability. So Chris Abbott, obviously, right, the voice, the voice of almost half of the Dragon Ball Z roster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but most importantly, Vegeta and Piccolo. But like I said, he's also All Might, in My Hero Academia, and so much, so much more. Like, there's too much to list for Chris Abad. But his mm -hmm. voice is, like, distinct, it's noticeable, and, like, once I hear it, I can't unhear it, and I need it in all of my other things. Uh, Laura Bailey, who plays Kid Trunks in Dragon Ball Z, uh, but just in Dragon Ball Z, she's not Kid Trunks in Dragon Ball Super, but she's also, like, Kikyo in Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, and then she crosses over to video games, where she's Jaina Proudmore in World of Warcraft, and, of course, she's uh, probably most known now, kind of like a public eye from her uh, position as in Critical Role, the D and D um, uh, series streaming stream series. Do you mean uh, Keiko? Keiko, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So I was yeah. like, "Who's that?" Keiko, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would also be remiss time, to but... not note that she's lost, lost in Full Metal yeah. Alchemist. 
Yeah, yeah Last of Full Metal. Yeah, she's another one where she has like a laundry list of credits, but I was just trying to figure out the ones that'd be most I relevant to the people in the room. Um, Lots of people do. Yeah. <laughs> I love Lust so much. <laughs> and I threw Jada Proudmore in there instead of Lust, like specifically for Matt because of World of Warcraft. So that's why Lust didn't make the list. You're welcome, Matt. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like I have him tied up in front of the microphone. <laughs> Um, okay. I like how we're just getting signs of life from Matt. Like occasionally, we'll throw him a bone. It's like holding up a newspaper. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> you fit Help, right they've in, tied babe. me up, and they're making me listen to them talk about Dragon Ball. <laughs> I have no idea who any of these people are. They could have killed me. <laughs> so what we've learned is that Matt and I can't do a podcast with the premise of years with different shows. It won't work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some other examples. I'm gonna mispronounce her last name, but Monica Real. Real, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Real, Real, Real sounds right. Real. I don't know. Yeah, uh, she's Bulma in Dragon Ball Kai and Super, but she's also Sue in My Hero Academia. Um, if you don't know Sue, she's the frog, the frog, yeah. frog, 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 yeah. she's dope. I love Bulma, I love uh, Bulma Yeah, she's really good. She's she's you want to talk about character progression. <laughs> look at Dragon Ball, the original, and look at her now. That is some character progression. Uh, Eric Vale, who's Future Trunks in Dragon Ball Z, um, and basically like all of um, Dragon Ball, basically. But he's also, I'm, I'm always going to remember his name because I always call him Hand Face Guy. Shigaraki. Shigaraki, yeah, in My Hero, um, same voice actor. And finally, more, more kind of a reach because he's been in so much other things, but I think. When I personally recognized his voice in Dragon Ball Super, it kind of really uh, hit a chord with me. But Matthew Mercer, who's also the Dungeon Master in Critical Role, but he plays as Hit in Dragon Ball Super, who is one of the main characters in the first saga of Dragon Ball Super. But he also plays Leorio in Hunter x Hunter in the dub, and he's McCree in Overwatch. Um, so it just shows kind of like the range that these voice actors have. Um, I know for me personally, like when when I hear Sean Chamel's voice and Matthew Mercer's voice fighting each other, regardless of like it's part of its powering up, but like their interactions really kind of strike a chord with me. And I think that really comes from how long these voice actors have been doing this um, and shows that, you know, people don't want to just read subtitles all the time. We want to hear voices of people we know. That's what they have books for. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, and then just kind of a I comparison. Like <laughs> I don't mind subs. I just, I guess, yeah, okay. Majority of my stuff I watch in subs, but that's also because I'm on a Korean drama kick that's lasted about three months. So subs don't bother me right now. They'll bother me when I realize that I ruined myself by watching season three of My Hero in sub and not dubbed. Um, but for right now, I love them. Yeah, I usually do subs just because I'm impatient. And yep. so, like, I don't want to wait for the dub to come out. Yep. Which is why it's good that we're getting our dubs more frequently. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> and then just kind of a comparison of like how it used to be in the 90s versus like how it kind of transformed in 2000, 2010s. So in the 90s, like right before or like right at the start of Dragon Ball popularity. So um, popular show in an anime like Yu Yu Hakusho had a 10 year gap in its dub. Damn, um, really? Yeah, it did. Holy uh, crap. 
Roni Kenshin had about a seven-year gap in its dub. Uh, and the list kind of goes on from there. But kind of more popular animes now in like the 2000s, 2010s, kind of after everything we just talked about. So Naruto is only a two- to three-year gap across like Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. Uh, Bleach has about a two- to three-year gap. Full Medical Alchemist, um, that's Full Medical Alchemist and Full, Full, Metal, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood have about a one- to three-year gap. And My Hero Academia, arguably one of the most popular shonen animes out there right now, comes out in 2016 in Japan, and Season 1 dropped in 2018 in the U.S., so uh, about a two-year gap, and we're hopefully getting them pretty soon. I think with like the movie and stuff, we're kind of behind, which is really hard for me. Um, some outliers in kind of like this thing before I get added about it. Uh, Hunter x Hunter, which is really freaking good and i'm upset that it came out in japan in 2011 to 2014 and we still haven't finished all of our dub yet for english dub and it makes me really sad because it's really good um inuyasha is also weird mm-hmm. because season one had a two-year gap but the rest of the seasons have like a six-year gap yep <laughs> it's really um, messed I up have, and and then they have so they have like the proper like six seasons of inuyasha and then they have like this like epilogue type thing it's I forget what it's called it's inuyasha colon something the final like, chapter yeah like that thing i can't find that shit dubbed anywhere cannot <laughs> find it dubbed anywhere and it made me so mad because i grew so attached to their voices and but i watched it because i found so it what on does Hulu. any of this have to do with dragon ball z that dragon ball z is why you get that quick dub goodness dragon ball z <laughs> okay. is a trailblazer okay that's <laughs> okay got lost there for a second we started naming a bunch of stuff that have about like, because now it's not gonna me. happen again so. matt that that it's important yeah, because, because now it's not gonna happen when again, we were matt. younger we waited a long time for our dub gaps and now we only have to wait a year or two for them to come out well, and now um, we're in the era, we're starting to get into the era of simul dubbing. We're like, yeah. new episodes of My Hero Academia drop sometimes the same day or like yep. a week later or something, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing that right now with uh, Promise Neverland. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other cool thing that I, I know Broly really succeeding in theaters is like, um, I like the fact that we're getting movie dubs now because I know yep. for a while when I was trying to watch like uh, the Bleach movies and Yasha movies, that kind of stuff, I couldn't get dubs. No, not until years later. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of transitions to like the next topic we have of kind of like just Dragon Ball still being popular today has a lot to do with them putting more detail into their movies. And a lot of that has to do with them just dubbing them faster. So even though we have a kind of a gap in Dragon Ball Super right now where the whole um you know last saga hasn't finished being dubbed yet, it's mainly because of like the movies that have been coming out, which is a good and a bad thing. It means we get uh, more movies quicker in theaters dubbed. I don't have to like look online and YouTube to find them, but I have to wait a little bit longer for this, for the show, which is okay. Um, because them, them do, making a bigger deal about the movies really kind of changes the game and how you look at this franchise. So we really didn't talk about the movies in our previous episode because to be honest, they just didn't really matter for the canon like at all. And like none of them were written by Toriyama. So like none of them were very good um outside of like a couple of like you know guilty pleasures so they're usually like from sto- characters like we never heard about in the anime so like cooler Frieza's brother or like retellings of stories that like are vaguely related to anime and manga like bardock like goku's dad and things like that um but they were just released in just weird times a lot of the time and they just didn't really kind of line up for what was airing with the show so there wasn't a whole lot of continuity um some things just like straight up contradicted things like in uh cooler's revenge goku like 
heals a bird back to life and he can't really do that <laughs> in the series but my favorite uh, my favorite anecdote is always that bojack unbound takes part in a weird pocket dimension because it makes no sense in the timeline yeah yeah uh like i said they're like i love that movie um but it's like a guilty pleasure for me like where it has nothing to do with anything but i'm still about it um just really kind of fun uh spin-off so i like cooler's revenge um do you have a favorite one, Kate, that you have watched? That the movie, yeah, Broly, the new one, or yeah. uh, Bio the, the Broly? The new one, like Bio no, Broly? no, no, <laughs> Bio no. Broly, no, no, I don't no. understand that Bio, Bio Broly, <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. so Super Broly, yeah. Super Broly was. I also amazing. like. I also like. Namely, I haven't watched that many Dragon Ball Z movies or Dragon Ball. Well, I guess Dragon Ball Z movie. I, I've seen like two Dragon Ball Z movies. I don't remember specifically which one they all. were. I have um, them all. Okay, I'll bring them Um, but <laughs> no. Broly was just really good. Like really freaking good. Yeah, no, Broly like, is the one right answer. Like I feel like, and then my my experience is not extensive, but but from what I've seen when I watched Bardock, which I know is yeah, we watched we watched Bardock Father ago, and you've just, seen Broly, and I've seen Broly, and but from what I've been told from other people, a lot of other Dragon Ball movies, just you say they're really good for a Dragon Ball movie or for yeah. you know yeah. like a spinoff movie. Broly was just a good movie. Like yeah. I just enjoyed my time in the theater, except the guy next to me. Like the rest of it was amazing. <laughs> I didn't like the guy next to me either. Hey! <laughs> I'm joking, Adrian. No, I mean I think the and I think the really good thing, and I think why Broly's also one of my favorite ones is I came into it with like no super under my belt, mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like this is accessible to everybody, and I can easily see people going in to watch Broly and walking out of Dragon Ball fans and yeah. going to go rewatch everything, and now you have a new generation of anime fans. Because I bet you there are a whole bunch of parents who just took their kids to see it. It's like, oh, there's a cartoon movie in theaters. Um, and we have that. Yeah, Those I kids mean, are going to be real disappointed when they start watching the show expecting Broly levels of animation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because also kids true. can definitely tell the difference. Kids could, kids wouldn't be able to say why. They'd be like, this is, the fights aren't quite as cool in this one. Yeah, especially like for those first couple episodes of Super where it's not as crisp as it mm, should be. Yeah, the first couple episodes of Super were not <laughs> well animated. Um, but I think a lot of uh, reasons why Super Broly land so well and why i personally think dragon ball z battle of gods and mm -hmm. dragon ball z resurrection f land so well is because toriyama has a part in them uh yeah. and uh, again toriyama is the creator of this series and he didn't have anything to do with any of the 17 movies prior to this like no writing credits or anything like that he even said that when he was doing battle of the gods like it was the most uh it was the most involved he had been in a long time with the franchise and it kind of really shows because both of the movies kind of pick up right where uh, Dragon Ball Z leaves off. So it kind of gives you more fluid continuity than like GT does. Um, which again, isn't really based off any of the source material from Toriyama. And even though it, it's like slight implications, right? Like you don't need these movies to kind of watch Super and you don't need um, Super to watch the movies, but they still have correlations in them yeah. to kind of give you the transition from dragon ball z kind of into super and it makes the movies matter a little bit rather than just having some flashback in time with trunks or like cooler coming back 14 times or broly coming back 14 times it gives you something that actually matters and the biggest thing for me personally is that we get these movies in theaters which we had never had before mm -hmm. so seeing 
Battle of the Gods in theaters was one of my favorite movie experiences of like all time because all these Dragon Ball Z fans watching this stuff we'd never seen before in theaters was amazing. Um, and it was, it's been so successful that like previous movies like Dragon Ball Z, uh, Future Reborn, and Dragon Ball Z Broly, the Legend of the Legendary Super Saiyan, were also brought back into theaters in 2018 because of the, the success the, the new movies had. And they just aren't flops either. Like they do pretty well when they do get released here, at least domestically. Um, so Dragon Ball Resurrection F is number 10, and Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods is number 16 on the all-time domestic gross for anime movies on only two-week runs, and that's from Box Office Mojo. And yes, Matt, I did adjusted and adjusted, and they're both the same. Uh, and the movies that beat it out are like the Pokemon movies and um, Studio Ghibli movies. That yeah, have, which they're going to. <laughs> yeah, which have way longer than two-week runs in theaters. Yeah. Um, and then more importantly, Super Broly is number three on the list of anime movies behind Pokemon the first movie and Pokemon the movie 2000, which are obvious choices for like what's going to be better. Yeah. Um, and they were also in theaters for a lot longer. Mm -hmm. But Dragon Ball... And they gave Ball... away toys. Yeah, they yeah, gave, still, they gave away an ancient my... Mew card. Like, come on. Yeah, I still got my ancient Mew card. Like, that's worth the price of admission alone, especially when your parents yep. are paying for the admission. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so as of right now, Dragon Ball Super Broly has made over 30, 30, $30 million in the U.S., with just over a little over two and a half weeks in the theaters. So it's doing pretty well for itself. And they it's keep well... extending its run. A lot of places are still showing it. Yeah, I, I used to go see it in Austin like tonight. Yeah. Um, and it's February 5th. So so is it going to be number one or not? That's the only question. Uh, I don't think I... so, just because Pokemon is just like well above it. But nothing's also going to catch it, if that makes sense. Like nothing's, I don't think anything's going to take so that. So this is an Avatar situation? Uh, oh yeah kind of okay. i would think so just because of like the like the amounts of american marketing that pokemon got and the amount of swag pokemon got and just the amount that it was ingrained in like that perfect age for kids because i think yeah a lot of the dragon ball stuff does tend to be a little bit older like it it it, it hit like this perfect thing and those um, two movies in particular came out right at the height of the pokemon yep. craze yeah yeah, it's perfect, perfect timing. But the fact that, so like... For, uh, I was going to explain, I guess, the, the Avatar thing that I mentioned. Basically, Avatar has made almost $700 million in any other movie. And so for it to actually anything get close is, like, super hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy weird. Yeah. yeah. We got five biggest... more coming within the next 50 years. And I'm sure they're all due just as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're doing 4D this time, not 3D. <laughs> that means they don't get me into the theater until 5D. <laughs> um, and I think like the biggest thing about this is that it's making over a hundred million dollars, and it's over like a thirty-year-old franchise, right? Like I don't know how many people even watch Dragon Ball Super, but still went into um, Dragon Ball Broly, Super Broly, being super happy, Kate being one of those people. Um, and I think it's just really interesting in the scope of the franchise. Franchise. So as we talk real quickly about. Dragon Ball Super Broly because it's really, really good and you should go watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, we'll do like spoiler light. I don't want to give away anything too crazy, but Broly's in the movie. You know that. It's a financial success domestically and worldwide. It it takes place after where the anime currently is. Um, a lot of like the things in it basically erase GT uh, and the things that they have in it. 
it and it gives us a retelling of characters and possibly gives us things to look forward to in Dragon Ball Super, which we can't really say for any movie before 18. So if you saw something in the movies, you know, prior to these three movies that Toriyama did, you don't really think anything is going to come of them. But Dragon Ball Super Broly really gives you things like I would love to see Broly in more of my Dragon Ball Super. Um, I'd love to see more Chi Lai in more of <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yes. She's amazing. I love her. Any any thoughts about like the future, the future of like the franchise based on Dragon Ball Super Broly? Well, it's we're at a very interesting place when recording this because the thing is, it it's poised to do something amazing. Like it got in a lot of new people. It's the first thing since Super came out because I mean, if you were doing dubs or if you're doing subs, then it's been a long time since it ended, uh, and it like the new Broly stuff, Broly is an interesting and compelling character. You want to do more with him. They made Broly a good character. I didn't think they could do it. Uh, I but, fell in love with him. I know. I was like, him. I want to protect him. But the, the only, there, there's one problem. <laughs> and, and his name is Vic. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. This is a weird time to be recording. Yeah, it. This is a weird time yep. to be recording it. Cause this is, you know, probably maybe the height. We'll see if it goes higher of the kick Vic movement where yep. the voice actor who played Broly has had some things that were, you know, kind He's of known, a creep. known secrets yeah. in the anime con universe, uh, where he was acting inappropriately towards teenage girls. He got bumped from every con, including Kamehameha Con dropped him. Uh, Emerald City Comic Con that we go to dropped him. Everybody this year has dropped him, except so this for- This guy just got fired from Rooster Teeth today. Yeah, Rooster yeah. Teeth. Rooster Teeth just yeah. fired him yesterday, so he's not going to be voicing Crow anymore on Ruby. But we have, like, I don't think there's been any announcement from Funimation or from, mm -hmm. uh, like, any like about whether or not he's going to continue on in that role. And yeah. maybe they're just trying to stay quiet and see what they can write out. But it's, I yeah, it's interesting. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. I think from a from like a company standpoint, it, like it, it, they're gonna wait it out. It's mm -hmm. kind of like the only thing you can do as yeah. everything like as investigations happen and as stuff happens and like you and all that develops well and um, while the movie is still in theaters exactly at the same time yeah <laughs> um but one of the things because i had actually thought about the kickback stuff when adrian was talking about how small the anime world is because he's also voiced uh is it ed, ed. ed, he's ed. In, in both uh alchemist uh, uh brotherhood um he's been in a lot of he's anime in a lot stuff. of things mm, yeah a in lot. uh uh, he's even yeah. in uh, World of Warcraft too, um, so and it's going to be interesting. That was something that was also interesting was that a lot of the people who came out saying, "Hey, this should be a thing." Actually, you mentioned Monica Rial earlier. She has been incredibly vocal, saying, "Hey, I believe the survivors." You know, I didn't know how to talk about this before, and she's been like responding to a lot of people. And so, even with like, even though the company is not saying anything. A voice actress who is prominent enough where I think they would change Broly before they would change Bulma has yeah. been very publicly voicing support for the Kickvic movement. Mm -hmm. So yeah. even like even if as a company, I would be curious what the internal politics are of just getting people in the booth. Yeah. 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 I mean, so that's that'll be a weird fallout from Super Broly. We'll see where that goes. Do you think it'll actually work if they do kick him? Just because I know, like, as we talked about, just only because we talked about before, of, like, 
voice actors are so prominent and they are basically they, recognizable so much. So I think, obviously I've not watched any of the stuff in that. Yeah. So I think if, if somebody was, it's not like Chris Sabat is the person in question, right? Like yeah. as many people as he voices, like Broly, um, he has very few lines in the movie. <laughs> That's kind of his shtick. He doesn't talk that much. Um, so cat like recasting a voice of a character that doesn't have a lot of talking. Um, I only knew his voice really because of Ed um, and because I know him, but it's not like it doesn't make that character essentially yeah. well, because even- that character's actions make that character, not the character's words. If that makes sense. He's essentially like a kid who grew up on a planet and like has no socialization skills. Like he's freaking Mowgli. He's Mowgli, but a Saiyan. So, Mowgli on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> Mowgli is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, and the other thing is voice, like replacing voices in voice cast is pretty common. I mean, it happens in, you know, live action things too. Harry Potter was a huge example where Dumbledore got replaced. Yeah. But in voice acting, people get replaced all the time. Uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender had Uncle yeah. Iroh get replaced in it. You could tell the difference. It wasn't as good. Because nobody's Mako. Because nobody's Mako, but yeah. it, it was there. Uh, you know, now we finally got Kingdom Hearts 3 and Leonard Nimoy and Christopher Lee yeah. are both dead. So yeah, they had to replace both Leonard Nimoy and Christopher yeah. Lee for that. So lots of people have been, like, I mean, it's not an uncommon practice for other yeah. reasons. No, I, I knew that. I was just wondering, cause since it is, like, Broly and it's yeah. a movie named Super Broly. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Broly Leonard's had to shut down because basically the main guy died. So you had, yeah. and that was your yeah. character versus, like, you know, a t- second tier to third tier character, which you can kind of get away with. Yeah, I, yeah. The, I would say in the grand scope of the, of the franchise, he's a third tier character. I hope okay, that he, I hope that he rises up because this movie set him, put him on the radar in a way he's never been before, and I I hope he becomes more of a second tier character and starts showing up more. But um, the other thing is, I think that if even if they're like, oh, we can't use this voice actor anymore. In Japan, toy animation, I don't think is going to care. They'll be like, okay, we're going to yeah. keep writing stuff for Broly. You figure it out. So Exactly. Um, I know that he was replaced on, was it Morose, I think? there There's a, a dub coming out. Um, it's uh, I think it's Morose. It's like Morose Monokian or something like that. It's 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 He got replaced on that voice cast already. And I think okay. he was actually playing somebody who was who was bigger. Um, and I also know, too, like one of the big things that, like, the reason... Um, that like it's kind of like it's been a known thing in anime conventions is because it has it's been happening to like people like con goers versus mm-hmm. actual yeah. industry people who can yeah. say something um, which has been like the has been a weird thing. Yeah. Um, I just don't know that I didn't know the tier of Broly of what he actually is. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> He's mostly looks and muscle and sad story. Um, you can easily revoice cast him. It's not like recasting Vegeta or Goku. Yeah, that's why I didn't know like what level. Yeah. Yeah, and despite like him being Broly for like a long time, right? Like he was even Broly in like yeah. the, the early movies. He doesn't have very many lines, so exactly. you can kind of get anyone to be like Kakarot, like see, like right there. Just come on. Yeah, yeah. On, <laughs> there we go. Funimation. Uh, hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, I, I I do hope that they keep writing his character kind of like the way that we got it because it's better. Like I'm kind of torn on this because I really really like Broly the Legendary Super Saiyan because just of the way that like that myth kind of has its effect on everybody there. Like the first time we ever see Vegeta, like actually scared in his life is in that movie. Um, and it's just ridiculously good. But I also just love 
he had the thing of his 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 friend, his friend, his, his, his friend's his ear. Pet worm friend. Like that's that's amazing. That's amazing. And we need we need more of that. I gotta say, my favorite Piccolo moment in franchise might be in the original Broly the Legendary Super Saiyan when he shows up and he's like, Vegeta, what's going on? And Vegeta's just like, all is lost. We're all gonna die. <laughs> yes, he's a legendary so Super Saiyan. We're screwed. Piccolo's like, wow, this is really unlike you. You suck. <laughs> and he just drops Vegeta and Vegeta just goes, okay, he just falls to the ground. <laughs> Which is just Piccolo being like, you ain't shit, Vegeta. Just dropping him was great. <laughs> so we'll, um, We'll wrap up a little bit with some of the games. We won't spend too much time here just because I don't think there's a whole lot to say other than, like, do you like punching things in video games as your favorite Dragon Ball characters? And if you do, you probably like the games. And if you don't... I mean, I do. Yeah. yeah. It also uh, I actually, I could do... I could do... I, I could do... Uh, you could like, go for a long time I could go for fighters. a while on the games. But sorry, Kate, you were saying something. No, it was like, I just... drag a drag, One of the Dragon Ball Z games is one of my favorite games. So I just think it's fun to say. Uh, Budokai Tenkaichi. I just, yeah. I, I just like it. I don't know why. It just sounds very nice coming out of my mouth. Um, uh, I was working at GameStop when that game came out, um, so I was I was hype. Yeah, I mean, for, for ages, like, Dragon Ball games have just kind of, at least, like, the more popular ones have kind of just been surrounded by the fighting. So, like, the Budokai franchise, the Budokai Tenchaichi franchise, the Shin Budokai franchise, um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. more recently, have all just kind of been about the fighting. Um, yeah, this was all stacked against me, because out of all the video game genres, I do not like fighting games. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, buddy. This entire episode. Dragon Ball Fighter Z has a nice uh, blooming esports arena now, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters is... I, I'm really into the fighting game community. Like, I don't play a lot of fighting games, but I just I really like the esports element of it. Yeah. So I, I watch a lot of fighting games, and I play some. And Dragon Ball Fighters has been a huge, huge movement in the fighting game esports arena. Um, Marianne Nerd, they said, you won't have to watch sports, they said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again. And, like, like, because I've always been really into, like, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and uh, Mar Marvel vs. Capcom has been That's my fine. jam okay. for a long time. I was and waiting I for you to say one that I liked, because I was like, I need somebody to come on here for fighters with me, but I don't like Mortal Kombat. I love Mortal Street Kombat. Fighter. I love Marvel vs. Capcom. I love Smash Bros. Those are, like, my three Marvel big franchises. Capcom. I love I love. I'm, I'm Absolutely. Um, and like I got really into fighting games with Marvel 3 in college, and I haven't seen any surge in the fighting game community this big until Dragon Ball Fighters because it's bringing in, I mean, it's just bringing in a ton of new people because it's Dragon Ball Z and a really, really, really good fighting game, but it's also just bringing in people f in the community, in like the pro level from all over because. Like, it's kind of a constant, like, oh, you're a pro fighting game player? You grew up watching Dragon Ball Z. That's just, <laughs> that's just a fact. So it's this whole other world that Dragon Ball has helped to bring together in a really awesome way. Um, so it just kind of shows that, like, Dragon Ball kind of, its its reach is almost unlimited, where it'll pull things in in a way that you wouldn't expect. Because, you know, two years ago, it'd be like, oh, the Dragon Ball Z fighting games... I mean, I guess they're fun, but they're they're trash. Like they're universally trash. They're not yeah. well made fighting games. So the the pro community laughed it off, and it was like, oh no, we're making one that's actually good. We're getting the Guilty Gear guys to make one, and they're like, oh shit, we're here for it. And now Dragon Ball Z, there were more entrants for Dragon Ball Fighters at Evo, which is like fighting game Olympics last summer, than in any game ever. 
uh, at Evo. It broke records by a significant margin. So everybody is here for Dragon Ball Fighters. I do have an interesting question. Do you think it's also because it is something different? Because this is like, obviously between just being like Street Fighter. Street Fighter really hasn't changed their characters all that yeah. much in a long, long time. I don't know. I think it's. I don't know if it's necessarily that that it's about a fresh injection of characters because that notion of like Street Fighter doesn't really change their characters. Like that's one that that is a little e- it's a little easier to see when you're an insider of that of that circle how that's like not entirely true a lot of the time but also i think that the fact that the characters are so reliable is something that is almost seen as a strength where the people are going to get really into it because it's like oh you know uh like guile is my man and i'm going to play guile in every street fighter game mm-hmm. and so even if he maybe he's not that good in this one i'm still going to go to evo and i'm going to train up and i'm going to kick your ass as guile no matter what yeah, and so like- i think that's almost seen as a strength and so that's part of why i think dragon ball fighters is is so helpful because people know those characters really well and so it's like oh i get to not only do i get to kick people's ass on stage at evo i get to do it you know with with vegeta and like now that all yeah. there's all the dlc out with a team of three vegetas and, and I think that, you know, if it's just the characters, if it's getting into characters people like, you know, there was Injustice a couple of years ago that started as a new game, which is all like DC characters, Superman, right. Batman, Catwoman. And so you did get slightly, I mean, it was still obviously from the same studio that did Mortal Kombat and Fighters is from the same people who did Guilty Gear. But there wasn't as big of a response to that, even yeah. though DC characters are big in the US. Everyone loves Batman. Yeah, I I think so. Like along that lines, I, I kind of I, I see what Matt's saying, and I, I kind of agree with it. In that, like, mm-hmm. it was it, not necessarily characters, but like it was fresh. It was something different. Mm-hmm. It was an anime yeah. based fighting game, and it wasn't the same thing that we've been seeing yeah. since the eighties. Yeah, um, which for me was like I got burnt out on Street Fighter real quick, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it had to do with like the char- the controller schemes and like just it, it it once you get it, you get it. But I know when you're a pro that that's good. Yeah. Um, but like with Dragon Ball Fighters and even even like I know the Budokai series is pretty trash, but I like it and it's fun because it's something different. It's the same oh, reason yeah. why Jump Force is so janky. It is overly complicated and janky, but it is great because I get to look at Vegeta's butt when I play him <laughs> as my character and it's well animated. Um, but like I think overall. I think that fighters needed something like this because it has been the same, like kind of to Matt's point, it's been the same franchises holding on to it. Yeah, for the most um, part, that is true. So I think for like, except for my pro and people who've been in the community aspect, that is great. It is a strength, but I know like as a person watching, you kind of like, I've seen this. Back yeah. And yeah. So that's why I was wondering how it felt from that state with the resurgence. Because obviously I, I'm not involved as much as you are in this stuff. I can only uh, watch Chun-Li and Ryu fight so many times. When you phrase it that way, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think I misunderstood what you were saying. Oh, no, I mean, that's fine. That was one of those, I, I mean, like I said, if people like it that way and that's how they feel, that is great. I just was wondering if that was a reason why people were kind of coming to the game was because they had seen the same stuff. It definitely, it definitely was because it is a huge breath of fresh air. And it is weird as a spectator of like, Oh, these casters who I've known for years are like great fighting game casters and that provide really insightful commentary are talking about how he needs to switch to cell here 
because that's what's <laughs> going to be the perfect counter to, to kill Sage's Piccolo. All right, that's what's happening right now. <laughs> I, I will say that about casters. You either want somebody that is beyond really good or somebody that's really, really bad. No <laughs> yeah. Middle-tier people, I feel bad because I'm like, oh, I could probably do this. But those excellent people like, oh, there's no way. And the other people, they're just hilarious. <laughs> So I will say this. I know that there are a lot of fighters, but I know there was like the there's a new RPG that got announced, right? Adrian, mm -hmm. is this where this conversation's going? Well, that's where it was gonna go, because I didn't think that yeah. Yeah, you still don't land on, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, I, I it's, dude, it's it I is didn't... okay. It, it's no, no, okay. I wanted his insight on this. I didn't no, I'm that's why I just let it go. I, I'm I'm I was like, I'm ready to talk about jump force. We didn't get back out of our RPG. I want to know about jump force and this even get complete with Dragon Ball. Chi-Chi. I do not know any of these characters from Jump Force really at all, but I still beat Kate in the one time I played. He did, because I played his Naruto characters. I played his fucking Naruto characters. So I was like, oh, I've been I've been running the same team. It was Ichigo, Rukia, Vegeta. That was my team every time I'd played it at every game, at every convention that I had gone to up until that point. And I was like, well, I'm going to play different characters. This is great. And I had no idea how to play with Sasuke, and it was terrible. And like the the control scheme is so overly complicated. Matt didn't even know what he was doing. <laughs> That's why, because I was overthinking it. Because I wanted to see the big, awesome, like, because like the the supers and shit in that game are so good, and that's like the best part of why that game's going to succeed, even though it's so janky, is because <laughs> I just want to do a spirit bomb. <laughs> like that's it. I don't care about how it got there. Um, so I was trying to do that with the Naruto characters. It didn't work. So whatever. So the RPGs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he got to say what his though? speech. I had to at least say that I beat Kate, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. Um, my piece with the, with the RPGs is that like Dragon Ball has like tried to do that. I mean, some of the original games on like the Game Boy Advance and before that were kind of RPG based, and they just really didn't pan out. Um, but they've been trying to get back into the RPG RPG realm for Dragon Ball. So like Dragon Ball Online in 2010, which basically transferred over to Dragon Ball Xeno Xenoverse One and Two, which had like the regular fighter, but also had like a little bit of RPG elements in the late 2010s. And then we recently got announced. Dragon Ball Project Z, which we don't really know a whole lot about, other than we know that we're going to be going through like the Dragon Ball Z story in kind of an RPG form, which I'm not really sure how it works because we already know what happens. So is it really... Uh... Honestly, if it just ends up being like uh, uh, from the ground up remake of the Legacy of Goku trilogy, I'm here for it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's what they're they're just going with that because that's like one of their most successful kind of um, RPG games. So they're probably just going to go with that. And I'm okay with that. Um, Legacy of Goku One. Do not go back and replay it. I, it is, it is no. But Legacy of Goku Two still awesome. I don't think I'm going to go replay either of those because I have fond memories. And you saying that the first one is bad makes me sad. So the first one, the first one has aged horribly. Two though, it actually is pretty good. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. <laughs> uh, find me a port. Uh, yeah. So like they're they're kind of, they're kind of going back to redo it. Um, it just seems like they're trying to bring it back, like some of the old storytelling. You know, this franchise is over thirty years old. You know, maybe people don't who are into super don't really know the story, so maybe giving it to them in game form. I guess uh, we'll have them do that. And since Dragon Ball Z Fighter is really good, uh, according to Grant, and I'll take your word for it because I've only played it a couple times. Amazing. Um, they don't have to go back and like remake it like they did Budokai and all that stuff like seventeen times if they're already good with what what they already have. Uh, just kind of in general, I'm. I'm with the success of Super and with the new movies, I'm pretty hope I'm hopeful for like the future of Dragon Ball 
uh, games in RPG form, just because like the universe building is so much bigger now than it was in the nineties. Like we're so past just like the earth and Namek, like we're multi-universe deep now. So like there's RPG elements there for you to kind of go through, whether like you make your own character and you go fight in the world tournament. Like I'm, I'm down with that. Make me from universe 47. I'm, I'm down. Um, and if you don't even like that direction, you have Jump Force and Dragon Ball Fighters to go play. So if you don't like the RPG stuff, you can go do it. Uh, and despite you know all of the issues with Jump Force in terms of its you know representation, kicking Naruto's ass as Goku is really fun, and sure. I'm here for it every time I play it. And that's kind of my spiel on the RPG games. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really curious how they're going to do it because I feel like. An action RPG, which is what they're going to make, is going to be—it's going to be in serious danger of just turning into a fighting game with RPG elements. Exactly. Especially if they're retelling Z, because it's just a bunch of one-on-one fights. What if you have side missions where you have to learn how to drive as Piccolo? You know, I would be—that would actually be a dope side quest. If I would it play doesn't that. Doesn't have quest. that? I think I'll be a little mad. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I feel like if you were going to make an RPG of Dragon Ball Z, though, the thing to do would be to make it just like a classic turn-based RPG with a full party. I feel like that is the way that you make it not just turn into another Budokai. Yeah, that would be cool. Or I like that. Drop the RPG elements. Bulma dating sim. I would also play that. Oh. I would play the hell out of that. I would play Poor that. Poor Yamcha. Poor Yamcha. Oh. Which the game over question, screen is settling for Yamcha. <laughs> which led to my question of, do uh, does Paige want like a narrative-driven Gilmore Girls game <laughs> where you make decisions? Yeah. Depending on when you said it, that could actually be interesting. When, 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 when do you set it? I don't, off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but I feel like maybe like, like young Lorelai, like trying to survive as a young Lorelai taking care of a baby on your own, that's untapped potential in the Gilmore Girls story world. Yeah. I don't know. I've played enough like flash mini games that are about raising babies. I don't. I don't want another one. No, I want. I want like. I want like Telltale presents Gilmore Girls. Rest in peace. <laughs> I just think that we all just need to be hired by different uh, companies because I think our ideas are great. And we should no. do it. Uh, so we are way over the length I thought this was going to uh, which is okay, because that means we had some good conversation. Um, I'm going to run through some fan, but why those? And then we'll just get some closing thoughts, and then we will get out of here. So, at Becca Bess, I'm new to Dragon Ball, and I'm watching everything out of order, but I love the shift in Piccolo's demeanor with Gohan and Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball Super with Pan, and it is basically a gif of Piccolo holding Pan and, like, scratching his cheek, or scratching her cheek, which is great. Best dad. Best dad. At Nico the Or, it's one of the greatest franchises of all time. My uncle and I bonded over the show. I can't think of any other shonen anime series that has had a bigger impact than Dragon Ball. My favorite moment will always be seeing Goku transform into a Super Saiyan for the first time. I like it. Uh, at Getsu083, without Dragon Ball, I wouldn't have Z. What other reason would I need? And my favorite character is Tien. He is my favorite from Z and actually beats Goku at the World Tournament. Try Beam for life. Uh, Tien is a side character who used to be a main character, Matt, in the Dragon Ball series. And his special move is the Tri Beam, just so you're caught up there, bud. All caught up. 
<laughs> still have no idea who half these characters are. We're good. <laughs> At Lizzie Lynn Garcia, I know nothing, but apparently Goku and I would have a hot and heavy relationship. <laughs> I blame yeah. Nisha for everything. <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, it's not just Nisha. It's both me and me and Nisha. We tried to pair her with Yamcha, and then she made a joke, and they were like, "Oh no, girl, you're Goku." Um, that's how that went. <laughs> I saw this whole tweet exchange and found it hilarious. <laughs> we're still salty. She made us watch Death Note. So. <laughs> um, at Lanisha. Speaking of Nisha, favorite moment when. You and Chi Chi meet his kids. I imagine that's Goku and Chi Chi meeting his kids. I imagine. Um, my favorite character was Bulma. We got to see her go from to go. We got to see her go on amazing adventures and see how and see genius in action um, later on because she does become super rich. It makes time machines. She does make time machines, like multiple time machines. She's multiple super freaking times. smart. Like yeah. that woman can go pick up all the Dragon Balls she wants all the time, and it doesn't even matter. Yeah. She's a and husband she... who who's devoted to her will do whatever she says. She's just like, honey, she'll... I need the other one. And yeah, no, she has a make principal saying afraid of her. Huh? What do you she say? A... Oh, no, she has a principal saying afraid of her. Oh yes, that's how you know she's a badass. <laughs> um, at CJ writes things. Favorite character, you say, question mark. And it's a gif of Trunks just kind of going to the side and letting his sword kind of go into his sheath. Um, kind of harken back to Grant's scene earlier, which mm -hmm. is badass. Super badass. At Dr. Ragnarok, Dragon Ball was my gateway into so many things. Anime, comics, video games, and properties from different countries helps me relate to other cultures. I wouldn't be the same anime fan I am without it. My favorite character is also my favorite character of all anime, being Vegeta. What? At, yeah, he's a he's a person. At <laughs> not so smart guy ninety five, favorite moment probably the transformation sequence, specifically Goku's first Super Saiyan transformation, his first on screen Super Saiyan three transformation, and Gohan's Super Saiyan two transformation. Uh, buckle up for that one, uh, that Super Saiyan 3 transformation there. Paige. Gotcha. <laughs> that is a long one. That's a long <laughs> one. Gotcha. Buckle up. <laughs> he goes very much further beyond. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and that's all of our Bamba Y, those that we got for, for this one. I felt special when you read mine during the Kingdom Hearts episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I got. Um, I would say closing thoughts, but like. I just talked about Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and Super and GT and the movies. Well, just for... You don't have closing thoughts. Does that mean nobody else has closing thoughts? Well, can I transition to people with closing thoughts, Matt? I was just going to say that I've talked about it so much that I don't think I need to give my closing thoughts. So would our guests like to give their <laughs> closing thoughts? This ain't my first rodeo, Matt. This is episode 89, bud. <laughs> oh, it is 89. Uh, do, you, do you have the closing thoughts? Well, I think that one thing that's interesting talking about the resurgence and it, you know, it dying down and coming back and how Toriyama is more into the movies now. It is also just interesting to watch the evolution of Toriyama as a creator. Because uh, when he's taking part in things, they do better. And there were a few years there who was like, no, please let me out of this. I don't care about Goku anymore. Let me write about my tiny little robot girl and be happy. And it's really nice to see him loving the show and caring about the characters and being on board again. Because we are getting some great stuff and the characters are evolving and changing in ways that they never have before, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I I think that 
Broly, Super Broly in particular, exemplified something that we actually talked about on our podcast in one of the early episodes, where Paige described uh, Dragon Ball Z as like putting like a six year old in a room and having him tell you a story. And then, yeah, and because then, it's all just all, there's then, no arc. It's just like, and then this happened, and then and then Raditz showed up, and then he and Goku fought. And then, and then, and then, and then after 20 minutes to say, okay, that's an episode. When does the next episode start? All right, bye. And <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's, you know, the individual episodes kind of feel that way where it just, you know, it, it rolls on that way. And I, the way I responded to that was that's kind of true because Toriyama a lot of times doesn't really worry about things like Chekhov's gun and, 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 proper buildup and things like that and he just tells the story he wants to tell because he's kind of just having fun with his characters and it's like a kid playing with his action figures and if you're just like okay i can roll with that and get down on his level and play with that his action figures too you can have a whole lot of fun and yeah there's like like I, I don't want to totally alienate adrian over here yes there's really good character arcs and everything that happened over the long play and I think Broly was the first time in a long time that I really genuinely just felt like a really excited eight-year-old in the theater. Of just the punching and the fighting and the action was all really, really good and really exciting and really fun to watch. And I, I, I like, it's cliche, but I really did feel like a kid again in the theater, which I, and I got that again watching Super at the end of the Goku Black arc. There's a moment that also really gave me that, not the very end of the Goku Black arc, we don't talk about that. Um, but again, awesome future trunks moments that were really cool for me. So I feel like he's recapturing a lot of that magic and that joy and that joy. Yeah. Well, again, we talked about like Broly was also a really good character this time. So he's also getting it, getting more practiced, I think at the bigger character work that is sometimes lacking in the individual moments of Z. Uh, he's he's really captured with Super, and especially with Super Broly. And so that's the main reason I'm really, really excited about the future of Dragon Ball, because I really hope moving forward he's still able to kind of do that, of like making me feel like a uh, an excited eight-year-old hopped up on sugar with one hand, while also being able to actually really pull up my heartstrings with his character work with the other. Because that's really the full potential of Dragon Ball that's never been able to totally be realized, and he's getting there now, and that's really exciting for me. Okay, yeah, it's kind of, I, I, final thought. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I can't follow that up. <laughs> I do have an interesting kind of question because I guess just from doing all the anime, I guess for anybody, and obviously a little deterrent. I'm sorry, but um, it feels like because we have these, is the ability for them to have so much fun and for you guys to see all these episodes like that is because these animes go to like 400 episodes versus like other shows. Because you guys just said there was like an episode, like some episodes they literally just fight for 20 minutes and basically in time of the show only 20 minutes pass really yeah less yeah uh, 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 like <laughs> 25 25 or so episodes are five minutes of real life time of of, of in universe time <laughs> yeah i mean i think for me i want endless amounts of content and i i complain about filler so much and then i end up with like a mess that bleaches that i can never go back to as there's so much but I think when you have something that has spanned this long and has these many, these many moments that you can watch, you have so many different places to hold on to. And I think that that's definitely unique to anime. Um, 
and it's important. Like it's, it's, it's something that grows with you or you grow up and you kind of have it with you from like one part of your life into the next. Like it's something that transitions with you, um, which is really cool. It's the same reason why I like, sh- that's why I watch Supernatural. That, that show's <laughs> never going to die. It probably should have, but I don't care because I'm going to keep watching it because it's so Aliens, long. yeah. No, we're I mean, I mean, for me, like going back to like when I was a kid watching this, like it was the show that we would rush home to go watch and then talk about all day the next day. So when you talk about the scope of 291 episodes, it didn't feel like that when I was a kid. It just felt like we were just week, like day after day watching the new episode. And then now that I'm older, like Kate said, just gives me something like binge watch and like to keep watching for like a while. Because when I don't have those things, like I don't have any My My Hero or Hunter x Hunter to watch and it makes me sad. Um, so the more episodes you give me, the happier I'll be. You should watch JoJo. All right, that's the next. That's next on my list now, especially Definitely because JoJo. It's next on my list, especially because it has my man Matthew isn't, Mercer in it. Hasn't JoJo? Isn't JoJo like insanely long? JoJo is had the manga of JoJo actually started before Dragon Ball, and the manga is still going. Yeah, it's just they only started right. making uh, anime out of it recently, but the manga actually predates Dragon Ball. Um, I I, I want to jump back to what you were saying, Kate, about um, uh, about supernatural. <laughs> about, about it being something you can revisit kind of about supernatural i do have thoughts on that but we won't get into that um on it being like sort of a touchstone throughout your life i feel like the the best comparison you can make is comic books because like you can you can love spider-man and that doesn't mean that you love every individual issue or every individual story arc or even entire year-long runs of Spider-Man, because there have been some really bad Spider-Man stories over the years. But <clears throat> what was that Rain one? <laughs> we again <laughs> don't don't. Well, then there are whole lengths of times where not much happens if you're getting a bad run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like Dragon Ball kind of has the same thing, not quite to the same extent, but. There can, there can still be, okay, even if there's a part that you weren't really crazy about, like, you know, there are chunks of the Boo Saga that I really just don't care about, and that's okay, because I also don't really care about a lot of stuff that happens in comic books. That doesn't change the fact that yeah. there are moments in comics that I really love, and there are characters in comics that I really love, and so, like, I'm always gonna really love Gohan as a character, even if I don't necessarily love everything they've done with Gohan over the long course of the show, especially lately. And, you know. Snaps. Yes. Say it louder snaps. for Toriyama to hear. <laughs> the the Pilaf gang got more screen time in <laughs> Super Broly than Gohan did. Bruh. He was, um, he was credited. He, I, yeah, what? He was credited? He, he legitimately wasn't in the movie. Um, But... So, so I think that's the best comparison you can make. Yeah, is is that of uh, 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 how the length of it can be a a uh, advantage is that you can afford to kind of fall in and out of it, but when you come back, those characters will still be there, and they do change over the course of the show, but they stay the same enough that you can latch on to them at any point. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I've given Bleach a lot of crap this episode. <laughs> I genuinely love it. I love that anime. Um, but I hated how it ended. I hated the fact that the OTP isn't the OTP. It, it's not. Like, the people that you've been shipping since the start of the series don't end up together. And it sucks. And it pisses me off. But I have, like, 200 episodes 
where their chemistry is so good that I just go back and I watch those or I think about those, right? Like you, just like you said with comics, like it doesn't ruin it because there's so much other stuff as opposed to here's one season of a show with 16 episodes. And if that ends badly, you're going to hate it all. Yeah, like the fact that, you know, Adrian and I aren't happy with Gohan's arc right now doesn't take the Cell Saga away from us. Nope. Whereas, not. yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing, nothing can take the Cell Saga away from us. Whereas, I will never get the time that I spent watching Voltron back. <laughs> the new one or old one? You're so not wrong. I'm the so... new one. That that, oh. that 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 like week and a half long binge of my life is gone. Gone. And th- so th- gone. I can never, I can never get it back. And nothing will ever give Lance a proper ending. And that's just, it's that's the like, way it is. I, I think it's like a longevity thing, like like you're saying, right? Like, it, it, that's like a perfect analogy of something, like, relatively new, has a lot of episodes, but isn't long enough where it doesn't put a bad taste in my mouth after. Because mm-hmm. as jokey as, you know, the great Saiyan man is, we still get Mr. Gohan. We still get Super Saiyan 2 Gohan. So, perfect analogies for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, even the great Saiyan man has has value, even if it's yeah. a weird next to the other Gohan stuff, Thank right? You. Like, Thank you. There are... I like the great Saiyan man. Some people I don't do like too. it, but I, I, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. I, so like... I, that would be me. I would dress up like an idiot and just go around. Exactly. Right. But anyway, <laughs> again, that's we could do a whole episode just on Gohan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Paige, for the uh, any questions. Oh, no, I just am sneezing. Oh, well, I thought you were consoling him too. For the, oh, no, for that was just Voltron. That was Voltron. Voltron. That was... I just have to console him whenever Voltron I comes just... up. On a, scale, on a scale of Hunk to Allura, uh, or on a scale of Hunk's my favorite paladin to Allura's my favorite paladin, how much did the end of Voltron piss you off? <laughs> we all have those moments. No, the rest is fine. No, it's just Voltron that hurt him. It, it hurt me. <laughs> well, I mean. I don't know if you have any other final thoughts, Kate or Matt, but I'm, I'm good. Mm-mm. I'm, I'm good. good. I, think, I think we got a lot more accomplished than I thought we were going to in our revisit, so I'm happy. I have said all I needed to say. Um, I want to thank you guys for coming on. I will say that. Yes. Well, thank you yeah, for, thanks having for having us. us. I'm always, a lot of fun. We're both always happy to talk about ourselves. <laughs> I love it. You're welcome, welcome back anytime. Whenever, whenever we do that Voltron episode, you can come, uh, you can come cry with me. I don't know if I, I don't know. If it's just us commiserating together, maybe I could do it. No, see, <laughs> you, Adrian, and, like, a like licensed therapist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, it. So, uh, why don't you tell everybody who is listening out there where they can find your podcast, what days you upload, and all of those good things, and where they can find you guys on the internet. Yeah. Well, thankfully, when your show is called Gilmore Ball Z, no one took your handle on any social media. No way. Yeah, I know. So we're on Reddit. We, you know, we have a Gmail. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're a lot of places except Tumblr. Um, And then uh, we we drop an episode every Saturday. Yeah, every Saturday we upload. Um, where you know, so obviously, just you know, you can find Gilmore Ball Z on whatever podcast app you use. We're also on Spotify and Google Play and all that good stuff. Um, so you can search Gilmore Ball Z there. And then yeah, we put out new episodes every Saturday, except when we do our like bonus episodes because we mentioned the book club fund thing. Whenever we fund a new episode, 
we will put those out usually on Thursdays or just on like a holiday or whatever. Those are, those are wild card. Those are when they're done, we put them out. Um, so we've got a couple of those too. So like I said, we're in like in the middle of the Android saga right now. Um, and then uh, we've done a couple bonus episodes. We did one for Bardock, father of Goku. We did one for, uh, we did Gilmore Girls once too. We did one for the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. And I think the next one is the OC. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing, we're going to watch the pilot episode of the OC. I love the OC, but that pilot is so bad. Good luck, guys. I know, guys. it's going to be great. It's going to, I really, I, I, yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I really want, uh, maybe I'll film Paige's reaction to just <laughs> welcome to the OC, bitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ooh, we did that. You got to get some One Tree Hill up in there, too. Ooh, we hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> that, that is I love option. One See, the Hill. one I'm trying to get him to watch is, that I've put on the list is uh, Bride and Prejudice, the Bollywood take on Pride and Prejudice. It's so good. It's, I have watched I it many Bollywood times. Show. I don't know if yeah. I go as far as to say it's I good, like but it. I've watched it good. so many times. I think it's good. I think it's good in the way that like Bollywood bad is always good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're doing that. Um, yeah, so you can catch us there. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Um, and as always, you can find the podcast at But Why Do PC and all of the social media come to in the conversation. And make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. It's the easiest way to support us. And you can find me at Omemeth Randier on Twitter. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93. S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. Matt? You can find me at the DMV signing Kate up to go for some driving lessons because she can't drive. Oh my god. Kate can learn how to drive. Kate can learn how to drive as well. That's my favorite exit of all time from you, Matt. This is the life I've chosen. I've chosen this life. (laughs) Thank you so much. So much fun. (laughs) Thank you guys for having us.